Hello everybody and welcome to the 25th episode of the AVP Galaxy Podcast. I'm your regular host, Corporal Hicks, or Aaron Percival, depending on how you know me. And with me is my ever-present American sidekick, Ridgetop. <laughs> Hello again, guys. And uh, backing up the British, I've got Xenomorphin. Hi. And today we're going to be talking a bit about um, the original Aliens comics. Um, book 1, Book 2, and Earth War. Or as some of you might know them better as, Outbreak, Nightmare Asylum, and Female War. So these were um, released a long time ago. Um, 1990, no, 1989 was when the first one came yeah. out, when book one came out. My year of birth. That's how old these are. And back then, it was before Alien 3 came out, so they were featured Hicks and Newt, rather than um, Wilkes and Billy. And... Well, let's let's talk about the, well. The idea is we're going to talk about those as as a sequel to Aliens. You know, we ignoring Alien Three, ignoring Resurrection. How how those comics worked as a sequel to Aliens. I mean, do, does somebody want to do a bit of a a recap of the actual stories before we crack on? It is a bit of a huh, kind of a at the start. It is quite straightforward at the start on book one, hmm. and there is a bit of a labyrinthine plot because they don't have Wayland yutani they have, I think it's Bionational, they call yeah, it. Yeah. It's a different company. And there's this whole plot with them getting Hicks, who is this kind of like cynical, jaded drunk. He's still a Marine, but he is he's gone in that kind of phase in his life, and they find... Oh, that's right. It's, it's a ship that's floating in space, isn't it? Mm, it's a derelict in orbit. Yeah, no, not the a, derelict, just a, no, human a human ship. And there's like a Coast Guard ship that goes around just basically blowing up debris in space that might hit Earth, I guess. They get, they find there's an alien within it, and I think from that ship, they, they both blow up, but they find out the black box has a trajectory, it has visited some plant that's been overrun with aliens they get hicks to um tool up with a bunch of marines and say we want specimens and while all this is going on there's a lot of people on earth getting telepathic contact from they don't realize the alien but they have a lot of subtextual themes that they they all see like their mother and there's all about monsters coming to get them and there's this whole plot about this religious pseudo-religious guy who's trying to um, I'm trying to think, but it's not really television, but it's referred to that people religious TV channels have taken over or something. They they beam like stuff into the eyes and brain. Yeah, yeah. And he's got this illegal channel growing because he somehow managed to get some footage of an alien. And he's broadcasting his message He's gathering followers that all worship the alien. Basically, it's it's not really gone into much, but there is this sub, you know, subplot of this religious following of the alien in it, and then a whole bunch of stuff happens. That's all this kind of company versus government. Who who's going to get hold of a specimen first? Um, there's um, they do have a pilot from the derelict that was floating in space, I think. Um, not like space jockey pilot, but a part human pilot who's been face-hugged. He's down on Earth. Yeah. They get a queen from him. So while everyone's sodding about on this other planet trying to get a specimen, they actually have a queen on Earth. 
things generally get out of hand and um, Earth is overrun. And that's basically the first book. But it is a bit of a labyrinthine plot in the first one. It's a very busy book. Yes. um, That actually sets a lot of tropes for the... um the expanded universe as well oh it is it is worth mentioning that um yeah hicks is this jaded drunk but newt she's basically spent her young adult life um in a like a mental asylum and she is constantly on sedatives because her dreams are so bad mm. um and i i think people have looked at the blomkamp concept art and basically seen some similarities in there um newt is not in the concept art but um, she's in this, and a lot of people said that would be an interesting way to go with New if she is in Alien Five. Hicks actually breaks her out of this assignment where asylum where yeah. she's about to be lobotomized, and uh, decides it's a good idea to take her along to this hive world, where they well they they think it's the yeah. home world at this point. Um, I, I think she's just basically I'm. My being brain killed and anything is better than this but mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure quite it explained that too well because <laughs> if she's going out of her mind with nightmares I'm not sure Hicks saying I'm going to go back to the, <laughs> get an it, alien and that's uh, the place well, I want to be it's, it's very much a face year nightmares sort of thing isn't it yeah. isn't that how they present it yeah they were about to lobotomize her too I think and mm-hmm. somehow he found out about that and rescued and um, well, book book two is a lot more straightforward. Yeah, it is uh, the start of the mad general, mad scientist trying to use the alien as um, as weapons sort of storylines that you see crop up. Gorgeous comic. Let's just put that out there right now. Dan that has Bouvet's. one of the best um, collections of alien artwork in the entire alien comic history. I think it's mm-hmm. fair to say. Yeah, it's... definitely. Absolutely gorgeous. The renditions of um, Michael Bean and uh, what a potential, you know, adult um, Gary Hand would look like are great. Yeah, they didn't have the uh, Dark Horse or Titan, but I think it was Dark Horse back then still. Um, they didn't have the rights to use Sigourney Weaver's face, but um, without spoiling anything, there is a part where Ripley is portrayed, and even that, it looks quite like Sigourney Weaver. Mm. That last, uh, that last panel. Yes, wasn't the case in the next one for sure. No. Well, uh, Ridgetop, do you want to recap um, Nightmare Asylum? What happens in that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a while since I've read the Female War, but Nightmare Asylum was always my favorite just because of the art. And then the first one, uh, l- like you were saying, they go to I believe it's the it's supposed to be the alien homeworld, which I'm still kind of unsure how they got the. It was, it was off the um, the human ship they, they found in orbit. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I see. But it, it, it was wasn't on the LB, It wasn't LV four twenty six. It no. was no. different homeworld. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I was kind of let down by how that was portrayed because it was just kind of a desert and you had this single dome hive. Yeah. Uh, it, it was kind of just like a hollow hive. I guess like teepee or something like that but it didn't really, it wasn't that interesting I, I thought as far as the portrayal of the alien homeworld but the the aliens are released on earth because you know there's the cult attacks the, the corporation and um, then you just have hives pop up everywhere so they escape in a cargo ship and then they're kind of drifting in space and they find this colony where there have been 
survivors. Uh, and that's what the second one is about. You have this general that wants to use the aliens against the aliens that, that have infested Earth to to take Earth back, and obviously that it doesn't end up working. The the cargo ship that they're, they're on is going to this particular planet to deliver a little cargo of um, infected humans for this particular general. Yeah, the general right. wanted what's he? Yeah. I think he wants like strains Earth, that Earth are from breed. Earth. Yeah, he wants to see if there's been any um, de- um, genetic changes or anything, and that's why they're, they because they I think it's they they want to um, pilot the ship somewhere, but he says it was you know the the ship's locked on in auto. Yeah, 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 and that they come across this military base, and that's why it's not like coincidence. There is a reason behind it. I think it it works well within mm-hmm. the story. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of interesting elements in the story, and you know that they cross over between all three of them, like themes like a cult worshiping the alien and the post-traumatic stress that the characters have to deal with, and even stuff like the the aliens communicating telepathically and uh, us destroying ourselves as a race because of corporate greed and all that. There's a lot of different themes at play. So, I mean, I, I think the story sometimes it's it kind of goes overboard in, in trying to touch on too many themes um, but I definitely think out of all three of them the, the Nightmare Asylum is the most straightforward and it works the best yeah, yeah definitely I think it is worth mentioning um, the it's called like a teepee nest thing yeah um, it's like Giga's old exile yeah, artwork say, it's, it's a piece of artwork HR Giga did I don't I think it might have been done for Dune or something. Or just it was one for like... the... No, yeah, it, it was for Alien. It was back when they were doing the Pyramid. It was... I, I don't mind the the dome-like design itself, but, but when the characters actually go in the hive, it's mm. just like an empty shell. Yeah. I do, I do like the fact it was based on a piece of Kiga artwork, because I only found that out later, and I thought, oh, that's cool. They've gone back to like the source material. To it. But yeah, I agree. When they went to this... Like the home world of the alien, it was a bit underwhelming because you, you, they had a chance to do this whole Lovecraftian ecosystem, and it was um, they they actually have a part in the first story where it's like what happens with aliens in their own natural habitat. Mm, the theory of propagation. Yeah, but it's a little bit of a a letdown because it's it's you know it feels a bit generic. Yeah. The actual. They, they do it much better in um, in war, actually, in uh, AVP War, in the little part one, part zero, where the uh, the predators and oh yes, yeah, Michiko were yeah, that's that's a good representation of the hard that world. That first part of that AVP War, if it's the one I think it is, that was done very well. Mm. The um, the latter half of that story, not so much, but yeah. I did like that part. But they, they were off to um, like collect a new queen in that one. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, I really liked how they did that. So Nightmare Asylum, to be honest, I I think the whole of that sort of trilogy tends to lean at Newt, or Billy as she became, you know, sort of developing her. Um, Because book book two um, sort of deals a lot with the fallout of her first romantic relationship. Yeah. Which, shock, shock to everybody, the Marines in the first first book were actually synthetics. Yeah. um, Billy Newt even had um, Butler wasn't it? Yeah, or Bula, a Bula, something like that. Um, had fallen in love with this particular marine and got jiggy with it. So apparently the <laughs> uh, synthetics are anatomically correct. Yeah. Um, but he ends up getting shish kebabbed in a very bishop way, 
And the yes. synthetics didn't know they were synthetics, though, right? Nah. No. Which was an interesting approach to take, I guess. I don't think that quite made sense to me when I was reading it, because I thought to myself, if you're going to go down that route, you might as well just use, like, robotic drones or something. um... I guess they'd value their mortality a bit more if they thought they were human rather than just be willing to waste the the money and throw themselves in. You know, thinking about it from a monetary... Yeah, I, th- I think that there's also with with Newt particularly, you know, because there's not m- much in the way of character development with Hicks, but with Newt, there mm. is a thing throughout all three stories that she is once the aliens get unleashed on Earth, um, there are these broadcasts, especially in book mm. two, where well Rebecca, I suppose, but um, she's like looking at all these transmissions coming from Earth, and there's this one unit of um, three people with. Um, I, I don't know. I know there's the, a father. I don't know. If they it's call him the uncle, don't they, or something? Yeah, and a little girl called Amy. And there is this um, constant subplot throughout all three, where because it reminds Rebecca of herself, herself when yeah. she was new, or I, I think there are some changes when they, you know, change it around to um, Billy and Wilkes. But um, because she reminds her of her time on. Um, you know, LV426 or whatever the other one was changed to. Rim. Yeah, Rim, that was it. Um, There is this subplot with character development of her, and she has to kind of, like, face her demon. It's an interesting way of kind of transposing how, like, Ripley's adventure, where she had to face her demons, Mm. transposing that onto the grown-up version of um, Rebecca. And I've... That's that's pretty much the theme. Yeah, it's resolved in a bit of a cliche way mm. in the third one. The third book essentially has her becoming Ripley and yeah. risking it all to go and rescue um, Amy. Yeah. Her look is not very consistent. Because in the first one, she's a brunette for some reason. The second, she looks like you'd imagine you'd grow up. Um, in the third, for some reason, she looks like Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah. and um, Hicks looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the third one too. Yeah. Yeah. All the characters were very oddly portrayed. There's a kind of Barbarella thing going on with the, even the clothing in the third one. Well, should, should we sum up the third one as well now then? So uh, obviously Nightmare Asylum ends in disaster. Um, General Spears brings his army of alien. He does appear to have trained them. That's the thing. Let's put that out there. He does appear to have done his job and trained them. There's bits like where they're in the hive and the aliens are leaving them alone and he's demonstrating how he's, it's all he's in control of the queen, stuff like that, yeah. So he goes to Earth, he unleashes his aliens, they turn on him and, you know. In fairness, it is worth pointing out that he's forced to play his hand sooner than you would have liked. Yeah. So you never know that if it had gone to plan, maybe it would have worked. You you never really know that. And he was a fun character as well, Spears was. Yeah, I liked. I really liked how he was portrayed in book two. I think um, Perry took it further as well, didn't he? And yeah. Said that it was um, test tube. It was it was grown entirely from a lab. Yes. Actually, no. That that was does that in the comic. The, in the yes, it does because it, there's that scene where he's in the nest and there's like a marine guarding him, and he's really the marines like scared that they're in this nest. But Spears, he literally like embraces an egg, and he, he says that um, 
you know, I, I, I was one of the, you know, experiments grown in, um, growing men. Ah, yeah, it yeah, I'm on, about on it now. Whole thing where the alien has this, the strength of the alien as he sees it is that the alien shares this the bond of flesh, and the alien understands that more than anyone else, and he says that that's what he. You know, he lacked, I think. Yeah. I don't remember the specifics, but it did make a very nice piece of character development. It was fun to see just how batshit crazy this guy was as well. Yeah, but it uh, played it so well, because you could see from his perspective... It made sense. This pla- yeah, it yeah. made sense, and those are the best kind of villains. Yeah, yeah, where they wholeheartedly believe in what they're doing. Yeah, and, you, and you're reading, and you think to yourself, that might actually make, you know... There's a chance this guy's plan could actually work, but the way he goes about it is just so extreme that you can see why he's getting what he would view as traitors in the ranks. But they are they they see the general. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there is a mutiny um, on on the general's base, which is uh, second in command tries and uh, takes over. There's what there's there are two mutinies. There's one where a small ah yeah the, the small one early on. Yeah, and they go over to this nearby colony. They find out that's what the general's been using it for. He's turned this colony into a gigantic alien nest. And uh, they're quickly put down. Yeah. By the aliens in there, and that's when sort of um, Spears shows up and is like, "Check it out." Yeah, well, one of them, you know, that he's screaming for help, and mm. he just basically his throws gun. his guy back to the walls and he just mm. I think he says something like you know it feels good to hear you scream because he regards this guy you uh, know, he's so weak minded mm. that he wouldn't follow him and he regards disloyalty as the ultimate sin yeah so it, it was that's what you get in a lot of Aliens comics you sometimes see like horror or action scenes played out for the sake of it whereas this you know it had a character development point to seeing this horror unfolding because it gave you a, an insight into General Spears' his psychology yeah. for how he saw other people. He was the original General Ren and uh, General um, Prez and Ren all mushed together. Yeah, yeah. It um, did make. I remember watching Alien Resurrection. I'm, I remember thinking, yeah, did Joss Whedon read that comic? Because the <laughs> guy is. He's like a comedy version of General mm. And for that reason, it didn't work nearly as well. So obviously, August apart. And then we move on to. Uh, Earth War, as it was originally called, um, or Female War, as it was republished, and Ripley returns, and um, turns out she'd been kidnapped just after they left um, LV426 because the uh, government sent a couple more ships and decided they were going to try and um, get some more, you know, aliens as you do. Was it the government or was it another company? It was the government. There's a there's a line in it where it says, and the government. It seemed um, an awfully limited number yeah. of people. The government decided one ship just wasn't enough. Yeah. So uh, basically, they go down there, everything goes to shit. But um, Ripley receives um, telepathically the rest of the engineers. Engineer, holy shit! <laughs> the, um, the space jockey's distress call. And retrospective. Uh, I don't know, but. I'm sure there's people out there seething right now. This was the era before the space jockeys Jockey, yeah. were giant albinos. They were actual elephant-type things. Yeah. Uh, I suppose that's something worth pointing out. We didn't mention that as well. They showed up in um, at the one. end of the book one um, because they were waiting for the aliens to take over Earth and um, then they 
space jockey had come in and clean everything up and yeah. take over. It was, yeah, it was inferred that uh, at the end of their story, I think it was inferred that the, the space, this surviving space jockey had been the one that was responsible for giving these telepathic uh, messages of, you know, people that would they this religious cult had formed, but it was like a byproduct of the space jockey send, getting influencing people subtly to carry out its overarching plan. I can't say I ever read that from it. I always took it being the Queen because yeah, of all the maternal... It's, um... It kind of plays out both... In um, Earth War, they, when Ripley received the signal, she has this dialogue about, oh, this this is what happened. It's, it's this whole big plan and also this Queen Mother is also wanting her children, but... It, it happened as soon as she received this big space jockey transmission thing. On, on this page, um, uh, I saw telemetry, information, star charts, tangible reference points. I felt her strength, her utter supremacy. We assumed the alien yeah. infestations were sporadic, arbitrary, that they bred wherever convenient like some horrible cancer. We were wrong, they moved with a purpose. The pilot of the derelict ship had discovered the alien's genesis, their source of power. She was calling her children back to her, and it's an ominous shadow of a queen type thing. Yeah. So, um, I mean, book one had you believe that the planet they went to was the the alien homeworld, and um, book three negates that and says it was. Well, I suppose throughout the entire series, it sort of shows that the planet from book one was one of many hive worlds, but um, book three takes you to the the actual homeworld of the alien with the. Um, Queen Mother. Is that what they call her, the Queen Mother? Yeah, yeah. the Queen Mother. The queen of Which all is queens. later revisited in, I think, um, Genocide. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the, the, the alien, they had their Queen Mother taken away yeah. and they're trying to choose a new Queen Mother. Yeah. Which I think the games later called her an Empress. An Empress, it's essentially yeah. the same thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have any arms for some reason. She's got these yeah, really, really weird tentacles. Yeah, really weird renditions in... Um... Yes. Well, the, the the artwork in let's let's get that out there now. Sam Keith's artwork is just fucking terrible. <laughs> it was controversial. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you've gone from really nice sort of uh, black and white style style artwork for for book one. It was it was later coloured in for the um, the collected releases, but it, it was gorgeous. And you it go works to... better in some ways in the black and white version. Yes, so some of the some of the black and white comics I think are absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. But you'll you'll never beat Dan Bouvet. No. When you get to Nightmare Asylum, it's like, holy shit, this is amazing. So rather than try and create, you know, give us another talented suitor, that that's the thing. If it felt really suitable as well, you know what always always annoys me in um, the Alien comics is when it's some sort of generic futuristic looking blaster and equipment and stuff oh yeah book one and two the technology yeah. and the ship design it looked it, it like looks it like the marines fit, yeah it yeah. looked like it would fit in with the same people who designed the sets and props in alien and alien mm. they would have come up with very similar hardware which i thought was particularly useful when when they're portraying earth and all the vehicles and stuff that you saw running around on earth you'd think that's it. That fits perfectly with what I was just watching in the movie. Mm. I think with um, the Dennis Bouvet, he his artwork, he did the lighting really beautifully oh, well. It looks very cinema- uh, yeah, cinematic. Yeah, it, it, it's very James Cameron esque, mm. and um, he's. Oh, I 
as far as I know, he's only ever done one other alien story, which was Countdown. Yeah, which is like a little short. I think it was originally printed as just one page per issue, but um, he only ever did one more alien story, which I think was a huge shame. And if he ever comes back, I will buy whatever the story is. I don't care what the writing's like. <laughs> I will buy it just for the artwork because his stuff is be- beautiful. Um, but he's, he's never done another one. I was always disappointed the, um, he didn't get involved in the uh, the new game that came out, the Legendary Encounters. Was oh yeah, that, that was a car game. It was full full art, no sort of screen caps or anything from the films. He did do some um, card work for was it the for Operation Aliens? Aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he even though it was for Operation Aliens, he, the actual little art things he did, they were quite nice. Yeah, good. It was a gorgeous uh, sort of mini set that was. That was for the Aliens Predator Universe card set. I can't even remember when that came out. I never actually got around to buying that, buying that set. But that that was all sort of full art, artwork rather than screen caps and stuff like that. But yeah, so so that that was another thing that made book one and book two work really well was how much it suited the franchise. Yeah. And all this realistic look looking artwork, and then we get to Alien Three where it looks like. The artwork's been smudged. The colour's been smudged. Um, well, they look like uh, I was noticing a lot on the um, le- the letters pages of the um, Earth War, Female War, when it was first came out. I was noticing uh, there a lot of people were referring his Sam Keith's art style as like caricatures. Yeah, I can and see it, that. It, 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 there are uh, don't get me wrong. There are some panels where he does some really nice aliens. I think it tends to be the silhouette stuff that works yeah, really well. Yeah, that um, there's one thing where not in the um, Billy and Wilkes version, but where it's Hicks and Newt in that version of the story. There's a part where Hicks is looking at like it's got this um, you know confidential after vision report of the. Um, you know, Sulaco mission, and it's got this one shot of an alien's head with slime dripping down it, and that's a really nice shot of an alien. Um, but a lot, even the clothing, you go from book two, and they've got like you know the kind of clothing they they wore in Alien and Alien. Yeah, the fatigues and, look so yeah. so like the film. Female war, Earth war. You look at what, and it it looks like they've just stepped off the set of Barbarella. They've got this very <laughs> loose. 1960s Star Trek style of clothing they're wearing and there's this panel very early on in the first issue where Newt she you know she hates Ripley for leaving her and she slaps her and Ripley's you know after this one panel at the end of book two where she's loaded up worse than Rambo she's got this she looks at the camera and she's got this Oh, look like she's a 1960s housewife who's <laughs> just been slapped, and it just doesn't do anything for. It. In book one and two, you can go straight from watching Alien and Aliens to reading them, and they fit in visually perfectly. But Earth War, it, it looks like very 1960s version of they yeah. they're trying to do Star Trek or something, and they stuck aliens in there even though it's actually the same um writer um mm-hmm. mark the hyden he, he did all three comics yes yeah it, Aaron it, I... style is just weird it's just it, it's so jarring that's what you know if it was a story on its own you could just say well that's its own self-contained thing. Yeah, yeah. but it's because it's part of, of that, that trilogy saga. yeah it's it just doesn't gel with the same um, artistic style as the others. Yeah, I think you've you've read all three novels, right? The yes. Fairy novels. Yeah. Did um, 
did female war work a little bit better than the the comic did? I, I think from a story perspective, the the comic isn't bad, and I, from what I remember, it's it's been a while since I read Female War the book, but I remember it being better than um, Steve's first two. So I, I like uh, I like his daughter, I like Stephanie, Daniela she prefers to be called. I like her writing better. I thought her book worked very well, although Ripley is a robot in that one. Cause all, <laughs> yeah, I heard I, that. Oh yeah. I, I, you know what? I can't actually remember how they deal with with Ripley's presence in the remastered version of the comic. It's yeah. just I've I've read both versions today. Uh, there are it's basically there are certain scenes like the the one I mentioned where Hicks is looking over the after mission port that is basically cut from the one where they're um, you know Billy and Wilkes mm. you just don't see that scene. So there's I don't remember there being any like added any dialogue. No, it's just certain things are they're just not mentioned or they're cut away. I can't remember. <laughs> how they handle the part where Newt says, you know, oh, you left me. I can't remember that, how that's handled, but um, yes. most of it is just like things just aren't in the redone version. Yeah, because I was wondering why they changed the names of, of Hicks and Newt, but they left Ripley's the same. Um, <laughs> yeah, they completely they, they another explanation. They couldn't really have done much the same no. with anyone else. Well, like, like I said, they... Stephanie and well and Steve they both did that comment uh, that book do make her to be a synthetic but I can't I can't remember the reasoning why um, narratively though I do I do think book three was was interesting um, although it by broad strokes it was a bit um, a bit repetitive of the beats from um, you know from the series because uh, Newt's development is very much a sort of uh, rehash of of um, Ripley's, the the reveal of the Queen Mother is very such obviously a rehash of the Queen in general. Um, but there there are quite a few interesting a- aspects to it because the the whole idea of the of the third book is is to kidnap this Queen Mother. Um, you know the the transmission that Ripley receives early on is is saying that this this particular alien's calling to a brood, telling them to you know come to her. So Ripley. Uh, comes up with this master plan to travel to the, the alien home world and kidnap the queen queen mother and bring her back to to earth to drop him off at a single point and nuke that particular point yeah um, but the comics introduce earth war introduces for the first time the praetorians whatever they called them the, the particular royal guards. guard yeah, yeah. and it, you know that that shows them to um it's basically they've different. got tusks yeah. that come out and they can tear a power load of them. it's basically the comics version saying we've got stronger aliens now yeah. and that is well, the, the, it, to be that. it sort of makes sense for them to I mean the, the Praetorians are um, you know it's a, it's a staple of the EU now um, I, I think it would make sense for the Queen to have more combat orientated um, well the Queen Mother aliens. thing yeah because in Aliens, I mean, we saw the, the ordinary queens, they just have ordinary aliens yes. guarding them. But, yeah. The only thing I didn't get, I remember when I first read the Female War, AF War thing, back in the 90s, I remember thinking to myself, OK, you've got this queen mother, she's calling all her children, and they're literally saying, OK, we've got, you know, five minutes and we're going to blow up the APC or the nuclear bombs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking... 
but you've already established the entire planet is full with aliens. <laughs> you aren't going to have the entire globe or, you know, the entire population, because almost all humans on Earth have now been, you know, they're, they've Death. turned into breeding yeah. things. You aren't going to have every single alien on Earth blown up by that. But yet at the end of the thing, they're that's all the like, implication, isn't you know, it? We, yeah. We've saved the world, and that's the, that's the only bit that doesn't make sense. But aside mm. from that, I like the idea of having this thing that's luring its children back towards it, using it as a lure. But it's, you know, you, you stop and think about it and go, doesn't quite work, does it? You've, yeah. you've killed a bunch of them, but you've got whole planets worth worth. But I, I will say that um, even in, you know, Earth War, Female War, because Verheiden's written the whole thing, when I was, you know, reading the dialogue, I can still hear Sigourney Weaver's voice saying those words. Mm. I can still hear, you know, Michael Bean. I can still imagine him saying those words. So the writing in it from character point of view I, yeah it works as well as the first two books I've got no problem with the mm -hmm. um, characterization. it's mainly the presentation yeah and, yeah, it's yeah. That and the plot points basically yeah. so Ridgetop how do you feel about that that trilogy of comics do you think that works as a sequel to Aliens it, it, completely ignoring Alien 3 or anything that will come after it does does that work personally the, the initial Alien comics were never really my Aliens comics were never really my favorite. Um, I think the story is interesting and, and it's a good story and it works. Um, but at the same time, I think they focus too much on Earth. Um, I think Alien was always the most interesting when they were out in space on some colony and Earth was just this threat that the aliens were going to infect. And so when they do and they do take over the planet, yeah, it, it, it does make for an interesting dynamic, but it's not something... I would prefer for the continuation of, of the series as far as a film format goes. But it, but as comics, you know, I, I enjoyed them. Um, the the second one was, was obviously the best, I think. I think the first was, was a bit convoluted, and, and it did have a lot of themes it was trying to explore um, for 150 pages. I think, I think the second one works the best as its own story. Um, but as far as the third... You know, I, th I think it's interesting as well, but I, I think, like we were saying before, there's some parts of the art that just work well, like when he's depicting the derelict or spaceships or scenes out in space. I think it's it's mainly the, the human characters, like you were saying, they feel very caricaturish. Um, as far as the writing, I think, you know, the, the writing's solid in all three. They're just not my favorite. There were a lot of comic story arcs that came later in the franchise that I found to be much better. Uh, but I mean, it, it's decent enough. I've I've always really enjoyed them. I just don't think it's something we'll see Bloomcamp kind of base his ideas on with his upcoming feature. Would there be any sort of particular themes or moments from the series that you you would think would work for Bloomcamp? I, I do like the dynamic of a rivalry between the corporations and the government. Um, that hasn't been explored too much in the films, and I think that might be something that's pretty interesting. Okay. How, how about you, uh, Xenomorphin? Did they work for you, and is there anything that you would sort of like, like Bloomcamp to, to take from them? I think um, the stuff that I really did like from the um, book, why, if you're going to go down the Earth invasion route, because we don't know if that's what he's going to do, but I did like the, um, the religious cult that... Um, 
it, it, it didn't explore that quite enough. I like this um, Salvage, I think his name was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I could act if he does recast um, Shalto Copley, yeah. I could actually see him being cast as Salvage, to be honest. Um, I liked that part of it. I, I think the stuff about Bionational and you had government and binational one was sending a ship to trail the other and blah 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 I think that would need a lot of um, polishing hmm. because it, it was a bit convoluted yeah it does start to get down um, that route because I mean even in book 3 they start to go there's probably another ship after this one. yeah um, and I, I I think it works better in which I actually get the impression from the artwork that has been released from Bombcamp's thing, um, it's more going to be like book two. If it's going to be based on like a headquarters where they're breeding aliens, mm. and that story worked better because it was, but it was a much more self-contained story, and you had a lot more in the way of tension down the route of a megalomaniac, batshit insane. <laughs> guy in charge of it all because that's um it's too atypical now yeah it feels a bit too much of a cliche when they do that but um that's the vibe the concept i'll give me it's more of a book two thing from book one um but yeah i i liked this idea of this telepathic not like a telepathic link but i do like the idea of you know get dreams and people um they're getting this this whole it's not telepathic but you know like um try to think of the word like like an empathic type of thing mm. um i do like how hicks was portrayed in it yeah that, that that was another question in, again in terms is of... you get this feeling that he has looked at the comics when you see the concept yeah the, do you i mean con just to sort of sidetrack a little bit yeah um you know, people are always, you know, they they hate, a lot of people hate Alien 3 because they killed Hicks and Newt. Yeah. And it ruined this, um, I always see this phrase thrown about, and I always like to use it as well, this, this atomic family that um, Cameron set up at the end of, set up at the end of Aliens, you know, mum, dad and kid. Yeah. But the comics don't follow that route. I mean, no. the, there's, like, like in real life, there is a significant time gap between... Aliens and Bloomcamp's Alien 3, Alien 5, whatever we're calling it. And in the comics, there's a significant time gap between the end of the events of Aliens and when the comic takes place. Yeah. So, you know, Newt's, as we said, you know, in a mental hospital. She's going batshit crazy, nightmares, sedated all the time, and they're about to lobotomize her. Hicks is this jaded um, marine still. And that also effectively, you know, ruins that that family and mm. you know fucking Ripley's off somewhere and out of out of rim yeah. uh, trying to avoid trying to avoid the government yeah. um would you like to see that sort of approach taken to how um Bloomcamp handles the characters is that something that would appeal to you um how do you mean making them a family again or yeah, uh, like breaking up that family yeah. because because in the books that seemed like a very sort of logical path to take the characters i mean Ripley's having friggin' nightmares of her own. How a kid's gonna cope with it? Mm. Well, we saw, we saw. I mean, she she'd been on the um, colony for a good while. So yeah, we, true. She was, I think it will be one of those things where I mean, we've only seen Ripley and Hicks in the concept art. 
Mm -hmm. uh, for all we know, it might be that he's going to do his own version of Alien 3 and Newt's going to be one of the first chestburst victims. I don't know. Um, it all depends because we don't know what his ideas are for the characterizations. Um, if he's going to go down this kind of route, I found Newt's character development until it goes a little bit off the rails in the third one in book one and two i found her a completely believable version of a grown-up rebecca jordan um i think as long as it's like they were thrown together by circumstances mm. in the films um you have that little bit of you know i'm Dwayne, i'm ellen thing but i I never got that, you know, they're going to go off and live a happily ever after thing as a husband and wife. I never got that vibe from it. I, I think they'd be, you know, they, they're, but he's much more believable as a credible witness now if they're going to try and make their story public. Uh, but all we're seeing is, you know, she's got a suicide vest on. He's armoured up. Right. Um, it's difficult. It, if they do a version of Rebecca that's as believable as it is in book one and two, I'd be all for them, you know, being their own unit. But I don't want them to be... Happy know, family. It's not that, but I don't want them to be, you know, you know this guy or this girl, they're going to be untouchable because they're a grade A character that must survive. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, Ripley's probably going to survive because she's Ripley. Um, but I, I would like that thing where, you know, you don't know if Hicks is going to survive. Um, it's really difficult talking about you without knowing the story. Would I like them to be a happy family? I wouldn't like them to be a happy family because that's not how an alien yeah. film is. Uh, would I like them to be a bit of a stressed out, quote, family in terms of like a group like the Marines were a family with a mm. comradeship? Yeah. That would be how to do it because... They, you know, they know what the alien is capable of. They know what the company is capable of. Um, I wouldn't mind that kind of a thing, like the like a marine type family, a happy family. I just don't think he's going to go down the route of, you know, they're going to they're going to adopt Rebecca, um, they're going to get married. I don't think that the story is going to do that. Yeah. I, I can't see that happening. It's just not going to be that kind of dynamic. If it is, I'd be very surprised because yeah. if if he's a fan of Cameron's pacing and style, he got he set the story up, Cameron. This is, and then he it was just a, like a roller coaster ride. Everything was dictated by that ticking time bomb thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he's he's going to have it a a plot centric thing. It's not no. going to be. Um, from... I'm trying to think back in his previous film. Yeah. He hasn't really had a happy family. Maybe in Chappie, but I can't see, like, they're, they're going to have a chestburster and teach it the the alphabet no. or anything. <laughs> so I don't think that's going to happen. I, well, I know some people on the forum are saying, you know, Cameron set it up to be this happy yeah, family. That'll... But what does that mean? Yeah, they escaped, but I can't see them having a, you know, like picket fences. Well, what I remember the intention was they'd then be travel the galaxy together, killing aliens. I think that was the intention that they'd set up this little squad. And I mean, Cameron's the one himself who's used the word family to describe this dynamic that they'd. He'd established at the end of the, ga uh, the game, the end of the film. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's where again, a lot of that I, comes from. I, I think because he is, a, you know, he's not just a director; he is a writer. I think he 
he meant it in terms of like a family unit, but not that white picket yeah, fence yeah. thing. They're going to live and have the other after. I could see, you know, do look at Alien 3. He, he said he respects Alien 3. Whether or not he's going to ignore it, that's another subject. But I could see it happening like, you know, Ripley and um, oh, what's Charles Dance's character? Clemens. Clemens. Like, you know, they had sex. I, I can see them, you know, they might have a scene like that where it's inferred they've had sex. Um, but I, I don't think it's that kind of, you know, chocolate and flowers and, oh, my God, <laughs> come back for me. I'm, I'm going no. to fix you and I'm going to save you. I'm, it's not going to be that kind of a thing. Mm. If it is, I'd be very surprised. Yeah. But I just don't see it happening. I, but... I think it's going to be a plot-centric thing. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be... Hicks and Newton. It's going to be like book one and two, where yeah. they're thrown together by circumstances. They they've got this bond where they've been through this kind of very hellish traumatic thing, but they've risen out the other side of it. That's going to be what their bond is, I think. Uh, that's what it should be, at least in my opinion as well. Uh, what about you, Ridgetop? How did you find the di- the uh, character dynamic in the series? You think that'd work for Alien Five? Yeah, um, I think they'll become estranged and circumstances will bring them back together. Um, I think that's how it's going to work out. I, I Like you were saying, I don't think the happy family dynamic really works well for the Alien franchise. So um, <clears throat> I, I just wonder if it's, I guess for sure, it's it's going to contradict Alien 3 and Resur- Resurrection at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's quite likely to happen. There's, like, there's no way you could do it. But as far as having Newt in the story, they, I mean, she might not be in it. They might just explain something happened to her, and and maybe that just makes Ripley even more. Um, yeah. She has to deal with the past even more because of that. Um, and and you know something could have happened to her, and then Ripley and Hicks have just been getting by for so many years, and then something happens that that forces them to to come in contact with the aliens again. But, I mean, it's interesting. Like, like you were saying, it's all just speculative at this point. It, there's a lot of confusion as to where the story could go, but I definitely think, I mean, it's going to be interesting seeing an, an alien film again. That's the main thing. I wasn't expecting this to happen anytime soon, and not something that would continue from the second film. I think that took us, uh, took us quite by surprise. For all we know, to be quite honest... If it, as long as it's executed well, that's always the key with yeah. these things. It could be that the reason he hasn't shown any concept of new Rebecca Jordan is because he's going to have uh, that you know she he's going to have a plot twist where she's going to turn out to be not like Burke, but she's going to be involved in the company, or maybe she's working for the company. She's trying to like destroy it from the inside out or something. So she might be a Wayland yutani executive. It might be something like that. As long as it's um, executed right, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I think that's the key for the whole thing as well, isn't it? I mean, I've, yeah. I'd, I'd be miffed if it ignored Alien 3, but at the end of the day, if it's good, awesome. Thumbs up. As long as it's a decent film, that's... I think that that's all we're here. asking for now, just an entertaining <laughs> yeah. movie, to be quite honest. Well, I, th- I think that I think we've about covered everything, don't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is uh, there anything else you guys would like to discuss, or should we should we call it? Um, no, I, f- I think pretty much that. Yeah. I, I do think that as a trilogy... You know, the story as a trilogy, it works for it. If you've just sat down and you've had a marathon of Alien and Aliens and you want to have a what if, 
um, you know, if you've got, you know, if you've got a digital or physical version of this trilogy, it's worth investing the time to um, just sit down and read it because it does make an interesting what if. Mm. It's a believable, plausible way of taking characters. Completely agree. And it'll definitely be interesting to compare uh, the similarities and differences once we finally yes. get to see the next Alien film. Very much um, so. I, I do hope we see Earth in the next Alien film. I just think it was focused on a little too heavily in this arc. So okay. it would be nice to see it because we haven't really seen it at all in any of the films. Um, and just seeing the future cities and, and stuff like that would be really cool for the series. I just hope they don't focus on it like they did with this story. Well, cool. Um, thank you guys for joining us. Well, joining me, everybody joining together, and uh, thank you all for listening. This is Corporal Hicks. And this is Ridgetop. And this is Xenomorphine. Signing off the 25th episode of the AVP Galaxy Podcast. See you next time.